This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and we're joined today by David and Brady. Uh, Gentlemen, basketball is back, kind of, but mostly. Two home games played for Georgia State as they saw their first action since January 23rd. Yes, January 23rd. Unfortunately, opening with a 70-67 loss to South Alabama. And then bouncing back with a 79-75 win against that team down south. And then, of course, news came of COVID cases in Georgia Southern's program. And so the scheduled state Southern game in Statesboro on Saturday was postponed. So getting right into a bit of a recap, uh, the first game back, South Alabama. On Tuesday, Georgia State fought back from a 65-53 deficit with 5 minutes 26 seconds left to tie the game at 65 with 1.41 to go. But Tyreek Locure hit a three-pointer to restore the Jaguars' lead, and South Alabama would just see it out, winning 70-67 to give the Panthers their first home loss of the season. And then Thursday night versus Georgia Southern, Southern came out of the gates on fire shooting the ball, hitting three-pointers on their first four possessions and shooting eight of 16 from behind the arc in the first half. The Panthers withstood the initial blow, and it was just a 42-38 halftime lead for the Eagles. Southern held on to their lead through the first part of the second half, but State tied it on a pair of Jalen Thomas free throws and then took the lead on a Corey Allen jumper at exactly halfway through the half. It was a back-and-forth final 10 minutes, but Justin Roberts hit a mid-range jumper with 40 seconds left to give the Panthers a 73-72 lead, and they were able to seal the game from the free-throw lane, going 6-for-6 in the game's final 23 seconds. Uh, Gentlemen, what did we want to talk about these first two games back? Well, I think naturally, you know, we should start with the South Alabama game Um, and I can give, you know, kind of my assessment of it, which was they looked not as bad as I thought that they would look given how much time that they had off. Um, And they were a little bit hobbled even in the players that they had. They only had, I believe, seven scholarship players eligible on for the South Alabama game. But they didn't really even look that bad. Um, You know, 15 turnovers, obviously a problem. You know, and we I had mentioned it kind of in the App State game. But it seemed like the turnovers that they were committing were I mean, I guess better than the ones that they were committing in the app state games from before. Um, It just, there were too many offensive lulls, you know, they didn't shoot the three ball well, but a lot of those things I think are fixed if they're not spending a month away from the team. Um, And, you know, and coach Lanier in his post game on Tuesday, you know, he could, you could really tell that he felt bad that the Georgia state didn't, you know, come back in that game all the way. And they couldn't find that little run to just put the Jaguars away. You know, it seemed like he really missed, you know, being around the guys and just, you know, he really emphasized how this year people are playing way different type of basketball than they otherwise would be because, you know, you're just kind of having to rely on guys talent because if there's, you know, if you have to pause your weekly schedule, guys can't get in their rhythms. And, you know, it's just his comments, you know, kind of really resonated with me about that. And it, it showed, it definitely showed on Tuesday that this is a team that has a lot of talent, but, you know, probably hasn't seen the floor too much in the last month. And, you know, I thought that they played fine, but, you know, obviously getting that win would have probably really mattered for them. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up playing out. I think how we hoped it might, uh, that 
you get your sea legs under you, so to speak, in the first game, win or lose, just getting back on the court and playing a competitive game again was going to be important for being competitive and for sure having a chance in the game against Georgia Southern and or the games. So we thought it ended up just being the one on Thursday. Uh, I, I was encouraged by the late run, obviously putting yourself in a position where you're down 12 with five minutes left is you're it's a big ask to get out of that. And they almost did. And just at the end, South Alabama hits a three, the looks Georgia state was getting weren't particularly great at the end of the game. And uh, it didn't happen. Uh, but the game through, they were ready for Southern and uh, moving on to that game. It really looked like a team that it, it was the best Georgia state had looked in a while, uh, probably since the last game they won. Uh, no surprise that they were able to win this game against Georgia Southern then. Um, and it just, it was, we talked in the last pod, I know about how Georgia Southern wasn't that much of a shooting threat. So of course they came out and just were lighting it up from three, but at halftime as they're sitting there eight of 16 from three and just lighting it up from deep, I was just thinking there's no way they're going to sustain this for another half. And if they do, then they're just going to win the game. Congrats. And they came back down to earth in the second half and they just shot three of 11. And, and while Georgia state also didn't have that great of a shooting day, they were just under 44% from the floor and just under 32% from three, six of 19. They, it wasn't a game where they went through a ton of those lulls and it wasn't that any particular stretch where they were just really going uh, without points and they were sticking around. They withstood that first punch and they just made all the plays in the end in, in a frustrating set of games where you've got guys like Justin Forrest for app state being the best guy in the court and leading app state to wins over Georgia state with the, leaders and the guards that Georgia state has to see a game where they finished six of six from the future line to win the game, not having late turnovers. You have Justin Roberts hitting the being the go ahead for good jumper. It was really good to see the guards for Georgia state win that game. And like we talked about last week, always good to beat those guys in what now might be the only time Georgia state, Georgia Southern play this year, Georgia state's got the bragging rights. And they needed them, especially after last year and especially after how crazy this season has been. Um, you know, I, I really like what you said about Georgia State having the best player on the floor for that final stretch, because it was true. You know, Georgia Southern had plenty of opportunities to, you know, tie Georgia State in the last like two, three minutes of that game. And they just, you know, for a team that was such a sharpshooting team in the first half, they just could not find the basket um, in the end there. And, you know, it was really encouraging to see the way that Georgia State closed out that game because against App State, against Coastal in uh, North Carolina, um, they were they had plenty of opportunities to close out those games and get wins and they didn't you know it was always somebody else on the other team stepping up and you know putting georgia state away and that's not something that we're used to seeing so it was really nice to see that georgia state could do that at least against southern you know it's a bummer that they're not they didn't play the saturday game but you know what are you gonna do yeah i thought it would be another opportunity to see because 
Southern gave a pretty good punch up here, and I'm sure that they would have had the determination to get the win back and would have been interested to see the different dynamics of what the team switched up. Um, something of a switch up that did go on in this game, uh, even more than it's already been happening throughout is, especially in the second half, Georgia State really went their zone defense, and it it worked. It worked really well. It was uh, it's some, somewhat reminiscent of the Coach Hunter teams. Um, the zone was just, even when Southern were getting looks, uh, they weren't falling, and when they weren't getting looks, it was just a lot of sets not really getting any kind of rhythm going and just seemed thrown by it. And the nice thing about it was it was very you know, flexible. It seemed like Georgia state, regardless of who they had on the court, were still able to sit in the zone and, you know, kind of run their defensive sets out of it. And it didn't, it didn't seem like it impacted the offense at all, which is great to see because, you know, especially with the way that, you know, coach Lanier wants to run things, you would kind of expect it if the bigs are having to guard out on the perimeter, you know, that would lead to some easy baskets in the paint for the other teams. But, uh, you know, that didn't seem to be the case when they played Southern. I don't know if that's just Southern not having, you know, the bigs to take advantage of that situation, but I definitely remember seeing Jalen and Aleel kind of cheating towards the perimeter in the correct position, you know, but it, I didn't see Southern just abusing the paint. You know, the only time was when Zach Bryant just decided he was going to be faster than everybody. And he had those two ridiculous dunks, but you know, uh, whatever hats off to him, I, I guess. And I think it speaks to something important in that uh, coach Lanier has made a lot about how, you know, he's grown as a coach since his time at Siena and how that opportunities has an assistant on some good staffs has taught him something. And he came in his first press conference here. He was talking about how it's going to be a man defense and he's got the wanting to guard 94 feet and all that, but he's gone to the zone, especially in this game. And I think it's, partly because of necessity, just because he hasn't had his full uh, coterie of personnel available. But it was a smart move, and it continues to be a smart move. It's something that Georgia State, when they've gone to it, they've shown that they've been effective at it. I don't know if that's lingering. Guys are used to playing in zones from the guys who were still here on the Coach Hunter teams or, you know, whatever it is. It's well uh, when they go to it, and it's – not being too prideful as to not consider such a solution. Um, I think that that is an important thing. I think that that was a big part. It's obviously, it's funny that, you know, going to his own that leads to more three points in theory um, after Southern had been shooting the lights out so well in the first half, it seems counterintuitive, but it, it really seemed to work. It, they were, able to find a lot of looks early on against the man defense and, you know, go with what's working and, you know, worry about the philosophy of setting the man defense when you've got the whole off season, you know, an actual fall set of practices. And he's said that the defense was something that they had to put kind of on the back burner, just given everything that was going on and focusing on making practice fun. And so in the meantime, whatever amount of zone defense they need to run that's going to work and get the other team off kilter, I'd say go for it. And you can worry about the rest of it as you have a full program to get back on, you know, on the, the normal way of going into next year. And I guess apropos of all of that, we cannot go any 
further without shouting out Kalik Brooks. Uh, oh my because goodness. he absolutely didn't light up the stat sheet by any regards. He he had three rebounds, all of them were offensive, and three assists, and that was the sole total of what he on the stat sheet showed. But he played 18 minutes. I again, I think seven, seven or eight guys total were available for the uh, Southern game, as with the uh, South Alabama game. It wasn't the full roster of guys, and so Coach Near had to rely on a guy who's a walk on. Um, and he all all he did was energy and energy is all you need sometimes on defense it's about energy it's about enthusiasm it it is really easy to just give that energy on the defensive end and good things happen and and it doesn't matter where it comes from and we saw that with Kalik he brought a lot did a lot for what success was happening on the defensive end and of course always going to be reminded when I think of guys who were walk-ons contributing on defense I mean that's how Ryan Green earned a scholarship and Ryan Green ended up getting double digit points against Baylor in the tournament win so uh in college basketball you can't uh count out anyone on the roster I don't think anyone counted on this type of situation coming up where so many guys would be unavailable and you'd have to rely on a guy for that reason but Kosunir trusted him, put him in. He played 18 minutes and it was a really important role that he played in the win. Yeah. I mean, it's corny as hell when people say stay ready and you know, you won't have to get ready, but that's exactly what happened. And that's exactly what Brooks did. So definitely hats off to him. He definitely deserves those flowers for how he played. As of now, next week is made up of three games against Troy. Tuesday is at Troy at 7 p.m. Eastern, making up one of the two games postponed on January 8th and 9th. The games on Friday and Saturday are in Atlanta and are as originally scheduled by the Sun Belt. Home games uh, are going to be tipping at 6 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern, respectively. So Troy is 10 and 12. They're averaging 65 points a game and averaging giving up just over 67 points a game. The Trojans are shooting under 28% as a team from three. Zay Williams, Nick Stampley, and Cam Woods are their double-digit scorers. So let's go ahead and jump right into Tools of the Game, which is our segment every week where we break down an upcoming matchup this week versus the Troy Trojans and reveal our thoughts about what both the Panthers and their opponent will have to do to win the game. Tools of the Game is brought to you by Crawford Tool. The folks at Crawford Tool have been Panther Athletic Club members and football season ticket holders since 2010, and now Thursday night podcast listeners can enjoy 10% off Crawford Tool's entire catalog of quality hand tools, toolkits, and supplies with code THURS at checkout. That's code THURS, T-H-E-R-S. Thursday night does get a percentage of all eligible purchases, so if you want to pick up some great tools at even better prices and help support our efforts along the way, visit www.crawfordtool.com and use code THURS at checkout. Thanks, Crawford Tool, for supporting the podcast. So this is the one week where you could probably bring up the old segment, the 2-3 matchup zone for old time's sake. I just spent a good bit of time talking about it in the Georgia Southern game and how it was effective and Troy's a team that, as Jordan just said, not a great three-point shooting team. And a team that's got some guys who really work inside in Nick Stampley, Zay Williams. They're double-digit scorers. They're both seven rebounds or more a game. And so my tool of the game is going to be more of that defense. If they can lock in and I assume go to that zone defense as successfully as they were able to do against Georgia Southern, it's not a team that any guy that is there's one one shooter for them who is 
greater than you know 35% from three, and he's four of 11 on the year. Christian Turner is the best three-point shooter by percentage, but he has taken one of the lowest clips of anyone on the team. And so it's not a team that on paper is going to be able to punish you if they're finding open looks from three as the two, three zone sometimes can leave. And if they can lock in defensively as such and really stop them from being able to be forceful inside. And if they have some good performances on the defensive glass from LEL and Jalen, then that seems like the ticket to success. And it's really not overstating it to say, given that Troy is a sub 500 team and given that Georgia state has lost in a, you know, lost the ability to play all of their games. Uh, these three games are important and it's not really a game where you can mess around and drop one of them for Georgia state to have the ultimate successes they want. It's really going to have to be a three Oh, and that's going to be tough to do beating the same team three times in a week. But for the higher goals, the Georgia state's going to want to do, it's going to be a really important stretch of games for them just to beat a team that on paper they should. Definitely, definitely important. Um, they got to come away with at, at the absolute worst two wins here. Um, they probably do need all three, but you know, they definitely, we cannot be here next week and sit here talking about a one and two or, you know, a worse performance out of Georgia state. Um, I'm actually going to give a tool of the game that I don't necessarily think they need to work on anymore. Um, but it's still definitely important and that's free throws. Um, they were really good against Georgia Southern. Um, they, you know, they were also really good against South Alabama and I, you know, I want to see that continue. I want that to hold over and be as, you know, keep that number as high as possible because I believe for the season, they're still just under 70%. Um, you know, but they were 10 of 13 against South Alabama. They were 17 of 22 against Georgia Southern. You know, they're taking more free throws, you know, driving to the basket, getting fouled, getting guys in foul trouble. And that matters. That absolutely helped them beat Georgia Southern. So, you know, if you want to be a good team and beat some of the teams in front of you, you know, getting guys in foul trouble and continuing to do really well from the free throw line is an excellent way to do that. Yeah, it's a definitely a great point, especially because just the way games are going right now for Georgia State, they haven't gotten into the zone where they're able to comfortably beat teams. All of the games that they've played, wins or losses, basically, since this whole ordeal started have been close games. And so you'll take three one-point wins over Troy, uh, but if you're going to get there, it's probably going to mean clutch free throw shooting and like you say, Corey and Justin have been really, really stepping it up. And it was encouraging to see it happen in a game late against a rival, really uh, the highest stakes Georgia State had played it in a while. And uh, definitely going to be something to watch going forward. Also, you have the reverse of that, uh, not fouling a ton against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern wasn't really pushing the issue with drawing fouls, but it was still encouraging to see that they were able to defend without fouling. And that's something they're going to have to really continue to do after struggling in that regard for a little bit. Um, the other thing I'm watching is just, it had been a while. It had been near a month since Georgia state had won a game for forgetting that they hadn't played a game in almost that much time. The last games they had played before the program had to shut down for what ended up being several weeks were two losses on the road to App State. 
And then there was the close loss on Tuesday. So I'm wondering what kind of an impact finally seeing the ball go in the hole, so to speak, has going to these games. It feels like if Georgia State was coming off of two losses, Hunger might be there, but Georgia State doesn't have, this program hasn't had four-game losing streak that often speaking to how good they've been, but it's also just, it's not something they're used to. And so I think that the impact of a win again and a game where I think they can say they feel they played well, I'm wondering coming into these games, how much of an impact that can have. Cause sometimes in a sport where it's about rhythm and you're not really, you haven't really been able to find your rhythm cause you haven't been playing. Sometimes something like that can get you going just one win. Sometimes that, that what is it takes to, feel good and get right and be all it takes. So again, this week, three games against Troy before we come back at you with another podcast again, Tuesday at Troy, 7 p.m. Eastern time tip Friday, Saturday, 6 p.m. 4 p.m. Eastern time tip in Atlanta, respectively. And so we'll see how these three games pan out. Uh, One more thing before we get out of here this week. Uh, We did want to bring up football. Spring practice was officially announced. As ever, Georgia State has 15 practices to play with, and those will start on March 9th. The spring season will culminate with the spring game Friday, April 16th, and what is being called a, quote, fun evening of football with plenty of pregame dining and entertainment options in the burgeoning Summerhill District around Center Park Stadium. Capacity and all those questions will be answered in, in the future as we learn those details. But it appears fans will have free admission to attend. But that's all we've got for this week. Uh, we'll be right back at you again next week with recap of these three games versus Troy and previewing the remaining games before we move on with the season. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.